Hello, this is Donna Reish with another episode of Wandering Wednesday, a podcast in which Character Inc. Press answers your questions about parenting, homeschooling, language arts, marriage, teaching, writing, homemaking, and more. Today, I would like to answer a question about character training with routine behaviors. Um, A lot of this information that you're going to have today is covered in the blog, um, Character Inc. blog, um, as well as in the two seminars that we do, Raising Kids with Character and Homeschooling with Character. And so uh, you can get some of that information there as well. I'm also going to be referring to some podcast episodes that I've recently done because this is actually the like fourth in a series of podcast episodes concerning the tween years. Although this definitely applies to um, any type of behavior that is character-based that you're trying to work on in, say, eight-year-olds and up. Um, younger than eight-year-olds, sometimes it's better to just use a chart and a, more, a, more of an immediate discipline, immediate consequence um, than what I might be recommending here for a little bit older kids. So without further ado, I'd like to begin character training with routine behaviors um, using the consequence pie. So to start with, I would like to just tell you a little bit about how we have come to believe in reality discipline, which is what a lot of this is based on, um, a lot of our uh, character training discipline and and, um, correction and consequences are all based on. Um, 31 years ago, 32 years ago, when we had our first child, we have seven children, 17 to almost 33 at this time, so this would have been about um, 31 years ago because he was getting close to two years old. Um, I read a book by Dr. Kevin uh, by Kevin Layman called "Making Kids Mind Without Losing Yours." He has a lot of books, lots of clever titles, uh, just a really practical um, uh, parenting uh, expert to listen to. Um, so anyway, I read his book. And I was just, my eyes were just so open. I was only 21 years old at the time, so um, I didn't really know what I was doing in parenting. But I knew what I wanted because we had already had mentors in our life. We had already had uh, people uh, who were homeschooling, uh, tweens and teens, who had gone before us and who were teaching us. Um, Also, just parenting in general. We had a lot of really good examples in our church at that time. We'd gone to parenting seminars already, even with just an almost two-year-old. On our honeymoon, we actually took marriage and parenting seminar tapes at that time and listened to as we traveled. Um, so, So we were very, very much into parenting and knew what we wanted. We just needed to find help getting there. So, um, we read the, I read this book and I remember, uh, just reading some section in it about reality discipline and then saying to myself, this is just like the book of Leviticus. At the time I was reading the book of Leviticus and I remember just having this, you know, aha moment in which I said, what he is saying here, Kevin Lehman in this book, Making Kids Mind Without Losing Yours, is the exact same thing as what the Jews were following in Leviticus as far as if you 
accidentally kills somebody's cow, you replace it. If you cause a man to lose so many days work, you do this. And Leviticus was full of reality discipline. And I realized, A, what a common sense approach it was to parenting. And I realized what a biblical concept it was. So then, you know, I met my husband at the door at the end of the day, told him what I had found, and then we just read this book together. I always read books and then marked sections, and then we would read it together um, in the evenings. And then sometimes we would read entire books, but definitely sections. And then I can remember when we realized how New Testament these concepts were, how you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, how there is always a link between responsibility and, and, um, privilege, a link between, um, power and, and privilege. So it was just super interesting. And that was our introduction to reality discipline. That was our introduction to the concept that, uh, for, Non-heart behaviors, we're talking about, in Leviticus, I was describing mostly accidental behaviors, but in non-heart behaviors, that is forgetfulness, accidentally breaking things, uh, laziness, these type of things that are not necessarily from the heart, those can be solved with reality discipline. And so we started really trying to link responsibility with privilege. And we only had a, an almost two-year-old. So um, at that time, it was more, you know, a lot of uh, child training going on and not as much character training, so to speak. Um, but we began to realize the approach of linking responsibility with privilege, uh, as we like to tell our 17-year-old to get his responsibility level up to his ability level, because he always has this ability to do these things, but he, we, he needs to be responsible enough to carry it out. Um, so we started to link responsibility with privilege in our parenting that when this happens, then you will have this privilege. When this happens then you will have this privilege. Likewise, when this happens or you have this behavior, then you don't get this privilege. And so we started linking those. Um, I just did a blog post about this called the one parenting practice that changes everything. Uh, about this concept of linking responsibility with privilege. So you can find that at the Character Inc. blog. So before we get too deep into the actual character training with routine behaviors and some little practical things and some steps, I want to be sure that we just have a brief review. I've talked about this so much in the last couple weeks of the podcast, so I don't want to dwell on it. But I do want to bring it to your attention, especially if you haven't heard those, the four Ds versus character training. First of all, be sure that you understand the four D's of behavior before you embark on trying to change routine behaviors, that you understand the four D's, you understand the seriousness of them, the effect that they have on a child's future relationship and lo- relationships and life, the difference in handling them compared to handling these character and routine behaviors. Uh, the two podcast episodes previous to this one will help you with that. The four D's of behavior from two weeks ago, and then handling heart behaviors from one week ago. Um, next, determine how you will handle the four D's behaviors first. The four D behaviors first. How are you going to handle these? For one thing, they should be your focus, first of all. And I know that this is hard because... Those feel out of reach a lot of times. It feels like, how can we ever get this child to not be disrespectful? How can we get this child to not disobey? How can we get him to be kind to his siblings? How can we get him to be honest in his um, 
schoolwork or whatever. And those kind of, those things feel out of reach. Um, but I really want to encourage you to handle those first. Um, because while we want our children to complete assignments, we want them to do chores on time. Those things are important, but those do not compare with respect, submission, honesty, and kindness. So I just want to be sure to bring your attention to that um, first and foremost. And uh, there are some things um, in those podcast episodes that will help you with that. All right, move into uh, understanding character behavior slash routine behaviors. Now, if you are at iTunes listening to this, I hope that you see the pop-up for the handout. Um, I try to have handouts with all of the blog posts. Uh, all the podcast episodes so that you can take those with you. You can make notes in the margins. You'll have that in front of you even after the episode is over. Um, And some of the podcast episodes also have printables. Some of those printables are available immediately, and some of those printables are available when you subscribe to the newsletter or you subscribe to the blog. So either way, if you go to Character Inc. blog, subscribe to the newsletter, subscribe to the blog post, you will have access to the printables. This particular printable will go up with this um, podcast episode. So uh, the handout now, where I am in the handout, should say understand character behaviors slash routine behaviors. All right, first of all, in understanding these, we know that they are not the four Ds. They are not disrespect, disobedience, deceit, or destruction. All right, they're not those heavy things. Number two, the word routine really sums it up. These are things that happen routinely. These are things that just continue to build up as far as on a daily basis, something not getting done, a child not being responsible, a child not uh, being diligent, um, somebody not being uh, neat in some way. Uh, So those are routines in that way. They are character qualities for living, whereas the four Ds are heart behaviors and heart issues for relationships. They are for our relationship, for our children's relationships with God, as well as for our relation, their relationships with other people. Now, you know, we can see in our little homes with two parents, possibly, or or one, but with parent or parents and with other children, siblings, we can see how those heart behaviors rear their heads. We can see how those really are exemplified. And we have to realize that those heart behaviors are what that child is going to carry into his relationships later, in his marriage, with his own children, with his co-workers, with his church, and so forth. But these uh, routine behaviors are qualities for living, for functioning, for being successful, if you will, such as responsibility, orderliness, thoroughness, diligence, neatness, timeliness, resourcefulness, and so forth. The deficiencies that I'm talking about in this podcast episode and that the Consequence Pie will really help you with are those deficiencies that show up in routine behaviors. Not finishing homework, not cleaning his bedroom, not doing his chores on the chore chart, turning in poor work without try- without her trying hard anymore, whatever that might be. All right. Um, there are a couple or several keys to solving character behaviors routines before we go into the systematic order. The keys to solving character behaviors, routine behaviors. Number one, all discipline problems, honestly, whether they are four Ds or they are um, character slash routine behaviors, they are all better solved when a behavior is taken from gray 
to black and white. I won't go into tons of details uh, into this on this podcast episode, except when we get to the consequence pie, I'll show you how you are taking a gray behavior, not finishing something, something that's really, really vague and gray, and you're going to take it into black and white by calling it by name and by certain actions that the child will take. Um, But for the four D's and handling heart behaviors, I go into great detail about how to make those from gray to black and white. So, um, you can find that there. In character training, that means that taking something from routine, which is all the character training things are often routine, chore time, just they're, they're kind of what I call loosey-goosey. They're just really not defined enough to solve. So we're going to take that, those things in this podcast episode from routine, which they are by their very nature, to direct Um, For younger children, this might be, it is chore time when you're done with those four tasks, or even when you're done with this one task, come to me, okay? We're we're getting rid of the vagueness. We're getting rid of the gray. We're getting rid of the opportunity that the child has to not follow through on something, to not complete a task, to not obey, but still feel like it's really okay because... um, it's too vague, and so it's kind of open-ended, and so you don't really feel like you're going to be able to solve it. And number three, character routine behaviors that are not done well, that are not done, can be handled well with consequences. So whatever those behaviors are, they can be handled well with consequences that fit the infraction. Going back to reality discipline, if a child breaks something, that he pays for it. If a child um, doesn't finish his work, then he doesn't get his free time, or whatever it might be. Um, Number four, it is the reality of the situation. Reality discipline is the reality of the situation. Now, we think about reality discipline a lot in, in real life. They are natural consequences. They are the things that happen to us naturally. And so reality discipline is the reality of the situation. Now, this is for adulthood as well as other times in a child's life that you don't get the reward of that behavior. The the reality is you don't get that reward. Whether that reward was going to be income, uh, a job that you might lose, stable family, a clean house, whatever it might be, you do not get the reward of that because of your infraction. Now, we're going to scale that down because obviously we don't want children to have to handle adult problems and adult uh, scenarios. But we also don't want him to go into adulthood not prepared to handle those. So in our homes, we are going to narrow this down and we're going to scale it back with lots of training and lots of rewards so that we can make reality discipline work for our children. The consequences that will fit the infraction, that will cause the child to see the benefit of developing the character quality, the benefit of not having the negative character quality that's associated with that, the benefit uh, that the benefits that come from those positive things, the positive uh, side of that. Okay, I would like to go into a semi-systematic order. Character slash routine behaviors should follow a systematic order. If you've heard us speak at one of our seminars or at a homeschooling convention, 
you've probably heard us talk about expectation explanations. Uh, we have also talked about this on the blog um, and also in the podcast episode that is linked here in the handout called um, Terms and Concepts for Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar. But with expectation explanations, we are always explaining the expectations to our children. This is another way that we take behaviors from gray to black and white because it is known to the child what is expected at all times. And a lot of people I know think that, you know, I don't have to explain anything. He should just obey me or whatever. And maybe he should obey you. But we give expectation explanations for two primary reasons. The first reason is because it's not just for that moment. When we give an expectation explanation, when we explain anything to our children, we are investing in them. We are filling their moral bank, so to speak. We are adding another hook into their big, big closet of little hooks, learning hooks that they have. And they're just adding more and more and, and adding more hooks on top of the hook, uh, attached to the bottom of the hooks until they have this closet full of learning hooks, until their bank, their moral bank is completely full of all of the things that they've learned. And when you invest enough times the same type of information in your child, either in whichever analogy you like, the moral bank or the learning hooks, but you invest enough times the same types of material, the same types of information, the same types of teaching, the same types of heart affecting, when you do that, you are building this background of experience, you're building up these uh, the moral bank as well as the learning hooks so that he can go back to it all the time and, and get it when he needs it. He will always have the opportunity to find that hook to, to go into that moral bank and, and make a withdrawal because you're always refilling it. And so expectation explanations are not just for today, therefore forever. And um, secondly, we are doing it because it keeps our children from being... Um, uh, provoked. It keeps them from being upset. It keeps them from being um, uh, being provoked to anger, being provoked, as the Bible calls it, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Um, because we are getting rid of all of this gray stuff. We're getting rid of all of this um, unknown to our children that causes them to be uptight and to not uh, feel like they can trust us because they don't know what is expected. So anyway, we have a semi-systematic order that always, always begins with teaching the skill or the result that you want thoroughly every single step of the way. Uh, my husband and I like to tell stories about when we taught our children so many things and the, and the great benefits from that and just the fond, fond memories we have of the training that we did with our seven children. Um, but one of the ones that uh, really sticks out in our minds, especially... Uh, greatly is the the time that we spent an entire summer. Now, in the summers, I would always train my children in new chores. So we were always learning new skills for the school year so that our chore times would run more smoothly during the academic year. You can do this anytime, obviously, but in the summer or spring break or Christmas breaks or whatever, you, you know, we had less book work and we could focus more on it. Now, this particular summer, we were expecting baby number six, um, in February, so we would have been just a couple of months pregnant. Um, 
and we had high risk pregnancies because we had, I had RH disease. And so, uh, if our babies were negative, um, they were okay, but if they were positive, they had, um, a great chance of being sick. And we, our actual, our eighth baby actually died, uh, from complications of the RH disease. So, um, our last baby, our, st- our stillborn little girl. And, um, so we knew that we had this potentially high risk pregnancy, um, because we didn't know at the time if he was negative or positive and, uh, we weren't, weren't going to be able to find out for many months. And then once we find out, once we were to find out, then we would, we could be at Indianapolis every week. We, uh, we live in Fort, uh, south of Fort Wayne. We could be in Fort Wayne every couple of days for ultrasounds to check to see if he needed transfused in the womb. So anyway, we were just really facing a high risk pregnancy and some, uh, really potentially rough, uh, fall and winter. And so, um, I really ramped up my, uh, training that summer and, uh, just worked so hard at training the children. And I had, you know, washing machine and dryer charts that I made and, and just worked super, super hard at it. And, uh, as it turns out, we didn't have as many appointments and things. We did have like, you know, an ultrasound every two or three weeks and then an amniocentesis every three or four weeks. Um, but he was actually sick after he was born and had to be transfused. And so I was away um, in the hospital with him for several, for many days afterwards. And, um, but the thing that, that sticks out to us mo- most of all is that, of course, we had a purpose behind all that training, more so than an, than an average summer, but also just how our kids stepped up, how well they learned so many skills. And um, my dad and stepmom used to come from out of town uh, about every other weekend and spend the weekend and, um, uh, or they would just come in the middle of the week and stay over and, and they love to, to be around the kids. And, um, they just were always so amazed, you know, that Joshua was only nine and he made bread every day. And, and, you know, Cammy was six and, and Kayla was seven and they could do the laundry all the, you know, all by themselves and everything. And so when I say teach the skill or result you want thoroughly, I mean, thoroughly, I mean, if you've heard us speak, you know, the first thing is parent responsibility. You have to fulfill your responsibility in everything. And so you have to be sure that they are taught no expectations about anything with our children ever, unless we have given them the tools, unless we have fulfilled our responsibility as the parent to be sure that they can be successful. So when I say teach the skill result you want thoroughly, I mean thoroughly. Next, provide ample time to learn. Okay, now this is a needs, you need to allow a learning curve here that will be based on your children's or your child, you know, if, if, depending on what you're teaching and how many children you're teaching it to, um, on the child's age and ability. Um, at first, you're, 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 when you're teaching, you're really with the child all the time and you're just, he's sort of shadowing you. I think about my two kids who have been through nursing school. I have uh, two nurses, my 28-year-old daughter and my 20-year-old son are both nurses. And, um, you know, the, and my 28-year-old daughter is actually a nurse trainer now. She trains uh, nurses on her floor. And I think about the protocol that they follow. And I know nursing can't be compared to doing laundry from, by children. I'm not trying to make that comparison. I'm trying to make the comparison that in order to learn something well, it is a process that you go through with great training followed by ample time to learn with the shadowing, so to speak, and then 
this learning curve in which your involvement goes from heavy or very full to lighter and lighter and lighter and then none. And this is exactly how our son was trained in nursing and how our daughter was trained and how she trains people now um, is, is this um, ample time to learn. And the release is gradual. And that's another thing that we're really big on in all areas. If you uh, Next month, I hope you'll join us in November as we talk about college kids living at home, college kids and young adults living at home during one podcast episode, and as we talk about CLEP testing. Um, because the whole releasing things slowly and incrementally, and as the child shows the ability, the capability, again, linking responsibility with privilege, um, you know, that we give the responsibility as it is earned, or in this case, we give the responsibility as it is learned. So provide ample time. Number three, to provide visuals, reminders, steps, lists. Go on the blog and, and, and search chores, chore charts, morning routine charts, those type of things that we have there at the blog to teach parents how to do this because we have to put this before our children and make sure that we are doing our part. So whether it's a chore chart or whether it's a sticker chart or whether it is a chart on a clipboard for older kids that they fill out every day, whatever that might be, that we are providing the visual, the reminders, the steps, the list to help your child, to help the child become successful. Maybe not forever, but at least at first. And then for reward for follow through. Now, we were not like super big reward people in our parenting. For one thing, we found and, and uh, were really blessed to be taught how to do some of this stuff when our oldest child was very young. And so we did a lot of this with our, who's, our child who's now turning 33 and our daughter who's 28 and then her sister who's turning 27. We did a lot of this with them. So that then so much of it was a trickle-down effect that we didn't have to really deal with, you know, such, such great extreme measures, actually. Um, the trickle-down effect is just phenomenal. That's why we always encourage parents to really spend an enormous amount of time on those first couple of kids in all areas, heart training, school, whatever it might be. Um, so anyway, reward. For follow through. Now, at first, you know, this could be stickers. Um, maybe, then maybe after so many stickers that, you know, a family reward um, for, a, you know, when they're moving to, the, to a new chore or when they completed a chore chart, um, a chart for independent work, especially. Um, I, we, we were not big ones to reward for something that should have been done. And quite frankly, children, if you're a homeschooler, your kids at school, they should do it. They should do it every day. They should work hard. They should do it all, right? But if you haven't already had that precedent in your family, then you're going to need to reward because you're, you're going back, see? You need to go back into these, the steps um, to, for the systematic order. And so um, you might have to reward for something that I would never reward for or that I don't really think should be rewarded for that much. But it's needed because you need to go back and follow through with the steps. So, um, you know, so many, so much of the independent work chart for a week filled in might equal ice cream with that. Any type of reward that you can tie in to time with parents one-on-one -on -one or together or family time. Those are the best rewards to give because you're showing them the, um, how important 
the uh, relationship is with parents and then also how important um, time with mom and dad and you're also giving them your time, which is more opportunity for training. The time of, reward, time of reward with parents is just that much more opportunity that you have to affect your children's hearts. All right, so then we're going to reduce the reward as the child becomes proficient. Okay, and reminding the child that we don't get rewards for all the things we do in life, okay? All right, and then if still not doing it, at this point we're going to take it from gray. This whole routine thing. Everybody should be doing their independent work now. You cross your fingers and hope for the best. Okay, that's gray. That's vague. You're going to change that to black and white. Now, there are a number of ways to change it to black and white. I talk about it again in the two previous podcasts to this, some exact, you know, exact ways to, with signaling words that you can use with your children to be sure that they're comprehending the expectations and so on. A lot of that is with heart things, but it could also work with character things too, the signaling words and so forth. Um, but there are other ways, like just assigning one or two tasks, then report to mom. That get, That's a little hard because it gets to where you're constantly in the middle of it. But you might have to go back to that. Okay, then um, also direct instruction for longer. Maybe you have moved the boundaries out too soon. You've gone from teaching or training the chore to, okay, now do it every day. And you maybe skip some of these systematic steps that we have listed here that would really help you get there better, even though it takes longer, but it would help you be more successful, which in the long run is so much better. So um, those are some some things, too, to, to consider that you might have to go back to a previous step. You might have to go back to more direct instruction as, as opposed to routine. And then lastly, the consequence pie. Okay, using the consequence pie. Um, it says there see printable consequence pies for character training. I hope that you have access to the printables. I do want to say if you're on iTunes listening to this or if maybe you have caught onto this a little later and you're listening to it after the printables are down, um, there are a couple of ways that you can still get them. Um, first of all, uh, it might be available with the podcast episode at the blog, depending on this is that character ink blog, depending on when you are when you find when you find this recording and start to look for it. Um, also uh, it will be uh, rotated in our Freebie Fridays. So if you are subscribed to the blog and the newsletter, you will have access to our Freebie Fridays, various charts, various um, learning helps, various homeschool uh, worksheets and, and um, helps, and uh, various language arts tools uh, for you know any parent who wants to help their child at home with, with homework as well, not just for homeschoolers. So you can get it through the Freebie Fridays. It'll it'll come through again as one of the Freebie Fridays. As long as you're subscribed, you'll have access to those. And then lastly, it will be for sale um, for just a few dollars. I'm not even sure how much it is right now, but um, at, teach, at my, one of my stores, uh, Language Lady at Teachers Pay Teachers and Language Lady at Teachers Notebook and Character Inc. Press at... Um, click. So just a, a few ways that you can get that and, and print it off and use it over and over again. You have my permission to, to just print it over and over. Okay. I want to uh, draw your attention to a couple of things at the end of the list. Uh, the first thing is the first asterisk underneath um, the steps one through eight. 
says, this idea was adapted from a short presentation I heard in church many years ago. I looked it up online, but I cannot find it. I, I thought it was called smart parenting, but everything that I went to that was smart parenting was um, not in English. So I know it, I, I, so I don't think it was that. And, um, I went to the church's website. Uh, this was several years ago. So, um, but I just say that to say that it wasn't an original idea as far as having a chart with a grace and then a, a consequence, then a grace then a consequence. Um, however, I've adapted it dramatically, um, both to fit with our raising kids with character and our homeschooling with character seminars, as well as to fit with our um, concepts in in the uh, seminars, but also to fit with our concepts of the four Ds versus character training. And um, it wasn't even a pie there. It was something, some other kind of chart. Um, so anyway, I say all that to say that the original idea came from someplace else, but um, it was a great idea and I've adapted it here. And I think it really fits well with... Um, with these character issues, with uh, the training process that we just talked about in the systematic order. Um, so um, that's one thing. And then I want to tell you about the actual printables um, you'll find in there, first of all, these instructions and how to use them. And then you'll also find various consequence pies, a four pie, a six pie, an eight pie with a with uh, one or two behaviors to work on, and then an eight-piece pie with three behaviors to work on. So um, that is for various reasons, and I want to explain that before I explain the steps because it'll make the steps clearer. First of all, you want to determine whether you're going to use the four, six, or eight-piece pie um, by a couple of different things. First is the age of the child. If you are trying to work with an eight or ten-year-old, just one of those really early tweens, you're out of the preschool and early, very early elementary stage of where you know you give you give more direct commands a lot, and you've moved into the routine commands, and you've done everything. Don't forget parent responsibility. You've done everything that you're supposed to do first. Um, with that child, you want to just choose one behavior. You don't want to say to a 10-year-old, okay, you're going to start doing your morning routine complete. You're going to start doing your morning chores complete. You're going to start doing your evening chores complete. Here's the chart. Here are your three behaviors. These, this is the consequence. These are the consequences. So for that that age group, you know, you don't want to do that. Um, then also, so you want to just choose one thing, like you know, you will, we will start doing these three things in your morning routine. Or, um, if you've used some of our preschool ideas, you will do room, groom, dress, mess. You will do your room, groom, dress, mess chart complete between eight and eight thirty every morning or whatever that might be. You can look that up at the blog room, groom, dress, mess for little kids. Um, especially for boys. That's what I use with my boys. Um, and so just something very simple, one behavior and one four-piece pie, right? So you're not going to have a multiple behaviors and multiple graces and multiple consequences. It's just going to be very simple for that child. Or the number of behaviors. For example, if you're working for on responsibility with an older child and you want three areas of responsibility, taking the trash down, finishing school by 2 o'clock uh, without doing anything else except for your break, and doing evening chores between 4 and 4.30 without being reminded. That's a good example of three things that might be appropriate for 15 or 16 year old who's already gone through the systematic order, right? That we just talked about. Then you would use the eight piece pie and have all three behaviors on the list. 
So there's, those are just some ideas that, that let you understand, first of all, why there are multiple pies and why there are varying numbers of pieces on the pies. So here um, are the steps uh, for using the consequence pie for character training issues after all of those other things have been done. Um, first of all, is to determine ahead of time with your spouse, if possible, what behaviors or routine problems are the most troublesome. What is that one thing that you say, I can't take this anymore? And whatever this is, that's the thing, right? Or, you know, he's 15 and he's still not doing these two or three things that he's supposed to do that went, that we have worked years on the training process with him. Okay, so those will be the same things that you just can't take anymore, so to speak. Um, secondly, meet with the child, with both parents again, whenever possible, and come up with a list of his favorite things that he enjoys doing. Uh, the first time through, I recommend that you talk to him about his favorite things. Maybe make some kind of even big master list at the time. That changes, obviously, as children grow up, and even from month to month, it might change, but depending on the weather and, and um, all that. But uh, you want to come up with things that are his very favorite things to do. Now, if you explain to him everything you're doing with the consequence pie, he's not going to be as forthright, perhaps, in telling you what his favorite things are because he doesn't want those things taken away. So I wouldn't even tell him about that. At this point, I would just say, you know, we're thinking, we're tossing around some consequences, you know, and we notice these are the things that you like to do. And what would you say is your number one thing or your favorite two things or whatever and get a feel for that. Um, and you'll need, you know, a list of multiple things, but at least four uh, for the eight-piece pie. On the pies, you're going to have piece one, grace, piece two, consequence, piece three, grace, piece four, consequence, piece five, grace, P6 consequence. And you want the consequences, the first consequence to be something that he enjoys but not his very, very favorite. And he has a chance throughout the week um, to um, to change this. He has a chance throughout the week to make things so that he doesn't lose his very favorite. And as he gets closer, closer and closer to his very favorite, then... Um, you know, he has a chance to say, okay, you know, this is getting serious. It's getting close to my favorite thing. And so he can actually be in charge of his own destiny, so to speak. So um, you're going to want to know what those things are, what his most favorite things are. And then you're going to rank those and start with like his fourth favorite or whatever on the pie. Uh, and then end up with this very, very favorite thing in the last piece. But anyway, you're going to meet with him and determine what those things are. All right. Then you're going to explain the behaviors and the exact expectations. All right. Um, see expectations, explanations at the blog. You can also find more information about that in our terms and concepts from Raising Kids with Character par uh, Parenting Seminar and Homeschooling with Character parenting seminar, but the, there's a blog, there's a podcast called terms and concepts from, uh, raising kids with character parenting seminar. So explain the exact expectations. Do not allow any room for gray. All right. You don't want any ambiguity. You want it to be so, so obvious and so clear. Um, you're going to write these at the top of the chart. Now the charts have different a number of spaces. And so, um, 
all they have on them is just the be, the behaviors, one behavior pie chart with four pieces, two behaviors pie chart with six pieces, three two behaviors pie chart with eight pieces, three behaviors pie chart with eight pieces. So it's um, very obvious. Uh, it's not a not a lot of details. You're going to fill it in. Um, so uh, after you ex- when you explain the exact expectations. You want to be sure that there isn't any gray. So you're going to say to the child, you, an example of this is you don't write on the consequence pie at the top. You don't write uh, unwanted under, under the unwanted behavior. You don't write um, keep up your room. Okay, that is vague. That is ambiguous. That is gray. And you've got to take that into black and white in order to train your child in being responsible. So you, if you write that as the name of it, keeping your room up, then you have to be very, very specific in the details list, that's, uh, the details section that's provided. So under the details section, you would put, this means bed is made, shoes are put away, nothing is out on the floor, all water bottles, etc., put away. Headboard is cleaned off at eight o'clock when it's time to start family devotions, or when it's time to be at the table for um, uh, morning meetings, or whatever it might be. However, you handle your your mornings, but um, so that it is so 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 clear. All right, you don't want any extra stuff to deal with. You don't want it to have. You don't want him to say, "Well, the chart said to keep in my room. It didn't say when." Or the chart said keep up my room. I didn't know you meant that I had to make the bed too. You know, whatever it might be, it has to be specific. So um, you're going to write those behaviors and the exact expectations right there on the chart. You're going to. Have him repeat back to you the behaviors that are expected, including the details, the time, the duration, the number of problems that must be done on the math page, whatever it might be. You are going to have him repeat it back to you so that everything is clear. Then you're going to explain the consequence pie system to him. You're going to tell him that, um, I'll just read the example here, um, And let you see what it means and how you can word it for him. This is just a sample, but we are going to be working on some character issues with you. Specifically, we want you to change this one behavior, name it, or these two or three behaviors, name them. We have already trained you in your task. We've already rewarded you for doing them. Now it is time for you to make them your own. We will determine together what the consequences will be, and we will use this pie one week at a time. The pie lasts for one week, and um, via the listing of the things that we want you to do and the marking off of consequences to help you learn to make these good behaviors your own rather than the negative negative behaviors that we have been having. All right, so you're going to explain the system to him. Number six, when the first infraction is committed... Have your child go and physically do something. All right, I'm going to give you a couple, three or four or five ideas on how to handle this at this point, point six here. Um, first of all, a lot of people I know are into laminating and wipe and write markers and so forth. And I don't really recommend that uh, for a number of reasons. With the wipe and write marker, it can be bumped and wiped off. And if you are dealing with a lot of issues with your kids, 
you could also be dealing with an honesty issue. And the wipe and write marker is just too easily erased. You don't really even have to use the consequence pie. You could use like two glass mason jars, clear jars with popsicle sticks with the uh, number one, grace, number two, um, no movie Friday night, number three, grace, number four, um, no YouTube videos in the evenings or whatever your consequences might be. Um, and have them move the sticks over. But then you also have the possibility for dishonesty. And I'm not saying all kids are dishonest. They're all going to cheat. Because we used to use all kinds of little, where they would put uh, merits, little little colored gems into a jar. And they would earn merits for uh, kind acts and things like that. And so I'm not saying that you can't do that. But if you have any issues with honesty or anything, you know, you don't want to say, wait a minute. There are only two sticks in this jar, and I thought we'd already moved the third one over. And then all of a sudden, you are dealing with something really big, A, and B, something that you didn't even need to deal with right now because now you're asking for more things at the same time. So just try to make it as simple as you can possibly make it. Uh, You can put a spinner on them. If you want to have a spinner, you could put a spinner on, and and, uh, he can spin it, uh, spin the dial over to the next uh, pie, piece of pie, but you want to be sure that there um, is also some kind of permanent marking. I recommend personally just photocopying them off and using a new one each week. Even if you're using the same exact um, behaviors and the same consequences from the previous week, just print a new one off and uh, and use it again. Use a new one so that he can make a permanent mark. So you want. When the first infraction is committed, you want him to go and physically either move the spinner, move the popsicle stick, use the permanent marker. If you do use a spinner, also use a permanent marker to put an X on that piece. Now, you want him to do it. You don't want to do it for him. Uh, you really want him to feel like, wow, I just chose to lose Friday night's video. I just chose to lose my YouTube time. I just chose to use my to lose my Facebook time. I just chose not to get to the go to the mall Saturday morning. You want him to feel like he is steering his ship. He is determining his own destiny. And he is doing that when he knows that this is what's expected. He has all the tools to do this. But he's choosing not to, so he is choosing to X that piece of pie and move on and suffer the consequences. So you wanted to physically do it. Don't go over and put the X on for him. Don't move the popsicle stick. Don't do it for him. You want it to be him doing it. You didn't finish school today before you began playing, so go move the spinner and put an X on piece number one. No discussion, no begging. Remove yourself from the situation and let him go mark it. Now, if you have a lot of disrespect and things going on at this point, then you're probably not really ready for the consequence pie. You probably need to go back to handling heart behaviors um, and the handouts and the printables that go with that. Um, But when you explain the uh, consequence pie sheet to him, you need to express to him that there will be no conversation about it. And you have to make it so that there doesn't need to be conversation. In other words, if you do anything the least bit vague, you open it up. Again, if your expectations are not clear, if your details are not clear, if the consequences are not clear, suppose you say, um, okay, your next consequence is um, no video games. And then he plays a game on the computer. 
And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be playing games. And then he says, you said no video games. You didn't say no computer games. Get rid of everything that's the least bit vague. You don't want to engage during this time. You want it to be, you made a choice, get the consequence. You made a choice, get the consequence. So, um, no begging, remove yourself from the situation. Obviously, if there are extenuating circumstances with a lot of arguing, disrespect, and those type of things, then go back to handling heart behaviors and work together to get those things solved. Um, so anyway, then when the next infraction is committed, do the same, except you forgot the trash again. Go move the spinner over to number two and put an X on it. No movie night on Friday night. End of discussion. All right, now... In between times, he has those graces, right? So he's he he can forget another time if he wants to. But then what if he forgets on accident? You know, he doesn't say, well, I'm just not going to do it because I got a grace. But then all of a sudden he doesn't, you know, he doesn't make the bet and he runs out the door because he has basketball practice or whatever and he left things undone. He already used his grace purposely. So now all of a sudden he loses YouTube videos or whatever it might be. And... um you know, basketball with friends down at the Y or, or whatever. And so, you know, he is really steering his own ship here. Um, then you continue in this manner and until it gets to his ultimate favorite. And this is why you might need an eight piece pie. If your child is characterized by not obeying or following through, um, again, if he is characterized by not obeying and following through, and it's really, really bad situation, limit the number of behaviors you want to be able to carry this out without having to deal with a lot of other issues at the same time. So, um, you know, be sure that you limit that as needed. And so that is how you will do it. Now, the question always comes up. He's, he's used it all. He lost everything for the whole week and he's still not doing it. Then there are a number of ways to handle this. You can next week's pie have the exact same thing up the ante a little bit or get rid of some of the graces. You know, especially for older kids and especially after if you're on week two or week three of the exact same behaviors, then you he might have to lose some of the graces. You might have to put more consequences down um, than what you have listed there. So um, anyway, that's that is more about how to carry that out. Um, I hope that you will get a hold of the consequence pie printables and use those. I hope that you'll go to the blog and find a lot of these articles. And I also hope that you will contact um, Character Inc., Raising Kids with Character Parenting Seminar, Homeschooling with Character Parenting Seminar, and that we can come to your homeschool convention or to your church or to your area and do one of our seminars or many of our workshops so that we can spread some of the, the great news about parenting amazing kids for the Lord and homeschooling with character as well for those of you who are homeschoolers. Thank you for joining me. This has been Donna Reish, Raising Kids with Character, Homeschooling with Character, Character Inc. Press. Thanks again.